With early times in Cheerwine. Do, do, do. Josh, do you know why I'm singing it like that? I'm not sure what that song is. It sounds familiar, but I'm, I don't know. <laughs> There's a reason for it today, my friend. There's a reason, and we'll get to the reason in a little bit. Uh, but first, I want to introduce another special guest. This is back-to-back days with special guests. We had on Jeff Cameron yesterday as we started our Meet the Beat series. Uh, and, and today, <laughs> it's funny, probably not a good name that I chose. And today we have Tim Lenefelt. Tim Lenefelt, as you guys, uh, many of our Knowles 24-7 subscribers have read his work before on Knowles 24-7. Uh, but he's currently the senior writer at seminoles.com tim welcome to on the bench how's it going oh man dude it's so good just uh hanging out uh quarantine life looking out my window waiting for my instacart delivery to, to come uh, it's just uh you know another day that was just like every other day it's cool I it's great to have you on uh brendan was a little skeptical that you were going to make it for some reason brendan thought you were going to back out on us no no why would i do that i don't know I he mean, warned me like five times that you're kind of a backer outer uh, the, every time he's asked me to come on this show, which I think this is the second time I've come on, so the uh, the data says otherwise. And I know how much Brendan loves his data. Do you want to tell him about the the worst data driven uh, take I've ever had, Tim? Because you were just texting me about it like two days ago. Oh, man, that could be a few different things, couldn't it? No, no, no. Uh, what, no, I don't. No, I don't know about that because uh, it might hurt some feelings. I don't know that we want to do that. Oh, so you don't want to? All right, all right. Well, it was me basically saying that FSU was going to miss Kenny Shaw more than Kelvin Benjamin because what the numbers said when targeted. Probably not a great take in hindsight. Well, so okay. So since you brought it up anyway, you know, you're, you're the point you were trying to make. Uh, you were trying to praise Kenny Shaw for his uh, his reliability. Uh, and his uh, his instincts and, and all that kind of stuff and uh, and the overall point you were making I think uh, was good that Kenny Shaw was an undervalued part of that team uh, but also that you know it you, you kind of got lost in the weeds when you start talking about a guy in Kelvin Benjamin who was you know a physical specimen and uh, a first round pick so but that's neither here nor there. I mean, Kenny Shaw last played professionally more recently than Kelvin Benjamin. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Josh, do you hate yourself already for the for the direction I've taken this podcast in? Uh, I gave that right up me? when I when I agreed to this podcast. I gave my right up to hate myself. So do uh, Brendan? Do you make like an outline of, of points that you want to get to when you have individual Normally. guests on the show? I do, and Josh uh, usually looks at them and says, "No, that's not interesting to me. No, that's not interesting to me. No, that's not interesting to me." What do we do this one? And then we kind of rework it, but it works. The product yeah. usually ends up being. Can we talk about what's interesting to me? Yeah, let's. Let, well, do we want to introduce Tim a little bit more? No, you know, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. This is free flowing. Part of what's inter- in- interesting to me is probably the beginnings of introducing Tim. Tim works for Seminoles.com. Um, Seminoles.com. Tim. How would you describe Seminoles.com? Because I'm not even sure how to describe it. What would you say? Uh, well, it is the uh, official website of Florida State Athletics. Uh, that's probably the uh, the Wikipedia version of that. Um, and so what all goes along with that is, is some of the obvious stuff that you know people go to for you know schedules, bios, rosters, that sort of thing, archives. Um, you know, those are a big part of, of what we do. And, and, you know, like it's that stuff is there, but it does require – uh, somebody has to maintain those things mm-hmm. or input that data and all that kind of stuff. Now, that's not not what I do, uh, but pe- there you know there are people behind that. It doesn't just auto populate or or whatever. Um, and then in the last, really before I got there, um, but especially in the last few years, um, we've kind of followed 
uh, a trend that has really been around uh, pretty much all sports. I think all sports entities, professional or college, have some degree of original content on their official websites. A lot of them do. And, uh, and I am part of that as well. So we, you know, we focus primarily on, you know, player features, team features, uh, videos, obviously is a big component. Um, and, um, some, you know, some analysis, but a lot of it, I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. I don't, I don't shy away from it. You know, we, uh, we, we focus a lot on the, uh, the positive aspects of what our, you know, the, the teams and players, uh, are doing. And, uh, and fortunately, um, it's, that's been you typically a pretty easy, thing to do. Um, particularly, you know, when I started at Seminoles.com, it was actually the middle of 2014 season and the team had won something like, you know, 20 some odd games in a row and would go right. on to win several more. So it was, uh, it was pretty easy to, uh, to, to, you know, focus on, on positive things. Um, and you know, the kind of the way that I look at it, and I think this is probably, you know, maybe a little bit of what you want to get at is, you know, look, I mean, it, it's, um, you're probably not going to read anything from me, you know, ripping somebody um, or saying, you know, this, this, you know, this person sucks or, or whatever. That's probably not what's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, like I, you know, my policy is like, I'm never going to straight up like lie to you. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. never going to say something is what it isn't. Um, you know, the games are the games. If, if the team loses the game and these are the stats and this is the score, like, I mean, you know, that's the way that's going to be. Um, so, that, you know, we don't like try to, you know, fudge with that kind of stuff. Uh, but in general, um, you know, it's kind of the, the way that it is working for state run media. Do you ever find that at times though, you've, you've kind of run into like a a wall, you know, especially I'm thinking back to the end of the Jimbo years, right? Where things were, were a little bit crazy. Do you (laughs) remember, were there times where you were told directly, like you can't confront these things. You can't write about these things. I mean, in times of, of I, w- I don't want to say crisis because you know it's relative to football, but in times sure. of crisis like that, what's it like working for Seminoles dot com? Um, it's fine. Um, you know, I would actually say that the um, this past year uh, in Willie Taggart's second year was probably a little bit tougher mm-hmm. um, from that perspective than than the end of uh, of Jimbo's era. Because like I think I'd probably say this like Jimbo, you know, he did have the foundation, um, and the resume that built back on, you know, the, the ACC titles and the national championship and the playoff mm-hmm. runs. Like this guy's like, you know, he can do it and he's done it here. So it's like, you know, how you frame, like, you know, how do we get back to that? Or how do we, you know, restore the thing that, that we know you can do. Uh, and where it got challenging, um, last year, uh, really the last two years, but especially last year, it was like, you know, that staff, that coach, at least not with this fan base, you know, didn't have that kind of goodwill built up, right? Or didn't have that foundation built. Like right. Florida State fans never saw that staff be successful at Florida State, at least not to the degree, obviously, that, that they were expecting. So so that was tough. Um, you know, it's a lot of uh, when, when things are, are not going so well, my, my approach typically is a lot of, you know, keep things moving forward. You know, all right. So this didn't go well. What's next? What can you do better? Uh, what's what 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 um, you know? What what's what? What are you looking forward to? What what can you do? You know, rather than focus too much on a you know what what what, what I'm sorry, I'm tripping over myself. Rather than focus too much on you know what went wrong at Clemson, it's like all right. Well, what can you do better the next week, the next game, the next practice, and keep things with a forward gaze rather than spend too much uh, time dwelling on uh, on what just happened. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, I just, I just wondered, 
if there's been anything that you wanted to write in these. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but, uh, no, no. But to answer your question, but you you did answer. You know, of interest. I am interested in, in the dynamic of your job versus yeah know, the, author- the authorities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Um, I can tell you this, like, and and probably part of it is me kind of having a, an innate sense of, um, I guess boundaries are the word, um, to where like, I typically don't, um, like I, you know, I'm trying to think of times when I've gotten pushback from anybody and it's usually not pushback so much as it's just like, Hey, you know, maybe this is, you know, a pinch on the harsh side or something like that. But it was never really like, we, I got, I promise you, like, I've never had like a knockdown drag out with anybody over like, you know, editorial or anything like that. It's just not really been that way. Um, you know, I do remember when, uh, when Jimbo left, um, that day, uh, they, I say they, cause I, I really don't know who they are, but just sort of the, the overall, I got to write a column basically kind of like, you know, sticking your, your foot in the dirt for Florida State. Cause remember like kind of how, you know, that was such a bummer of a time and like, you know, Florida State felt you know, at least I, my perception was that like the way Joe left, you know, sort of like, you know, the fan base or the supporter base, it almost like, you know, made you feel like, Hey, you know, what's, I don't want to say inferior, but like, you know, like you were sort of made to feel that way, right. Or that Florida oh, state definitely. wasn't a special place. And so I was able to kind of write a column, you know, sort of just sort of like a call, not a call to arms. It was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're just fine here. And we were fine before you, we'll be fine after you. Um, and, and, you know, and that was sort of thing. And, and that was, a uh, that was one that was fun to do, and two, if I, as I remember, it was uh, it was pretty well received uh, during that little that, that time frame. So, um, you know, it's I do think a lot of it is is um, like I said, me kind of knowing where the sweet spot is of mm-hmm. um, you know if I don't know if criticizing is the word, but again, if it's you know if it's a football game, you lose by three or four touchdowns, and you know we've seen some of those lately. Um, you know, just finding out how to, uh, how to do that and, uh, and, you know, be as factual as possible because, you know, quite frankly, in a lot of those games, the, uh, the facts, uh, they, they speak for themselves. Uh, you know, I don't need to, to pile on, you know what I mean? Or, or, or make it any worse. You know, you know, I'll tell you this, you know, the, the wor- the, the hardest game, I remember this, if, if you're curious, the, uh, the hardest <laughs> game that I ever had to write off of, um, uh, you, you want to guess Brendan? The hardest one you had to write off of, from, uh, like from, like from a Seminoles.com perspective. For yeah, anybody, in, the last, in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. So I have three that I can think of. So maybe we could do multiple choice. But FSU's I think for, win over ULM. <laughs> oh, no, the, wins, a, the wins are still okay. The wins yeah. are still, oh, really? Uh, Even yeah. win over ULM in overtime? Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Willie, Willie Taggart spent, uh, spun it internally as, as right. a changing okay. uh, moment. So uh, right, I would go with one of them would be the Virginia tech opener, the Syracuse loss. And then this most recent one to Miami would be my three that I would guess one of those three. Those were all tough in their own right. But the, the, the hardest one, the <laughs> hardest so one many I picked from, well, no, I, yeah. the, the hardest one for, at least just for me personally, um, I think was the Boston college uh, set up there in 17 when Boston college won. Uh, okay. Cause like it, because at that point, you know, pretty much everybody knows. You probably already knew it, but but nobody was denying that there were issues um, at that game. You know what I mean? And so um, I think that was uh, that was a challenge. Um, and yeah, that Virginia Tech game was pretty tough too. That first Virginia Tech game, we were do you, so. Do you remember what you wrote about uh, the PC game, Tim? Which game? 
the BC one. Do you remember what you ended up riding or how you yeah, ended up? Yeah, I think I, yeah, it was, um, it was close to Halloween and, uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know. And, um, and, uh, BC, they use a couple trick plays and some other stuff like that. So I think I did some sort of like trick or treat reference or something like that. It wasn't, uh, mm, you know, it's, it's, well, it's, you know, it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's tough sometimes. And I think, um, you know, there were, there were, you know, it's in hindsight, there were, you know, a few missed opportunities. Like they had the big, uh, then they had like the throwback pass with, with cam that, that went for big, big yardage and they didn't really get anything out of it or couldn't capitalize. Yeah. yeah it was the first, it was the first time cam makers threw a pass at, at Florida yeah. state, but not the last. It's a pretty good one. Um, so I wrote that they, I wrote that they quit. Uh, I remember after that, I didn't go up to the BC game. It was one of the few road games I didn't go to uh, in recent years, but I wasn't able to go up to it. And I wrote that they quit. I got a little pushback uh, from from some within FSU for that too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it goes. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick little story from that. Um, this, this can be foreshadowing. Um, is that uh, so that that game obviously was in Boston, and I remember the um, the I grew up. I was a big fan of uh, of ska music and punk rock and all that kind of stuff. You don't say. Still am, and um, and so anyway, so one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, bands. Uh, growing up uh, was the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Uh, you remember them? You know, never had to knock on. You know that song? Mm, no, but keep singing it for Josh me. Josh knows that. You know, yeah, you know it. All right. So anyway, so they were they're from Boston. That's and um, and that weekend they were playing a free show at like the Sam Adams Brewery or something like that. And um, like how cool would that be? A band that you love uh, in their hometown at like a you know Sam Adams cool thing and it's free. That's amazing. So it was Friday night. And, you know, 99 road trips out of 100, your Friday night is pretty wide open. You can do whatever, you know, there's not a whole lot going on, you know, the, the night before a game. Well, as fate would have it with the, the, the ACC restructuring, the game, the BC game was actually on a Friday night. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I was, and it is what it is, you know, these, you know sometimes you got to work instead of do stuff that, that you, you know, your hobbies or whatever. So it was okay, but I was bummed about it. But then, you know, you get there and you get to the game and it's like, you know, the game was not good. <laughs> and I was like, man, I remember sitting in the press box, you know, and I was like, man, the, the Boston's are across town playing. And I was like, I could probably, you know, nobody, nobody wants to read what I had to write about this game anyway. <laughs> and uh, and so. Uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of a bummer. But uh, but, you know, we move on. So I was going to say, Tim, your your governor usually for like even before joining Seminoles.com, like I've always valued that you have a good idea of what to write, what not to write, and just have a good feel for what's going on with the beat uh, in general. So so I am curious, though, like how that developed over time. You've covered this team for a while now. And so one, how did that kind of develop where you got a feel for like, OK, this is how I'm supposed to cover this team. And then two, uh, what was the was there a transition when you went from either the Osceola or Knowles 24 seven or uh, we can go ahead and go over your background if you'd like. But then, uh, you know, when you transition to someone's.com, like was yeah. that a difficult transition? Um, well, okay. So first things first, um, how did I get that? Uh, well, I don't know. So I think, you know, I have been doing this for a while now. Um, this is my first year covering the team. Uh, I was a college student stringing for state papers, which isn't really a thing that happens anymore. But right. back, I, I don't think back, people know what stringing means. I did yeah, okay, that the so, other day so, on the podcast. So, 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 yeah, so, yeah, so back in the day, all the different state newspapers, believe it or not, the Miami Herald, the two Tampa papers, uh, the Jacksonville paper, Orlando, um, all had 
beat writers basically living in Tallahassee to cover the team. And not only that, but they had um, college correspondents like, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds who were interested in becoming sports writers, you know, work to help them, which is almost like I got like a minor league system, which I think, you know, it's kind of how how this sort of comes up. Um, so anyway, so I started doing that in, in 2007 and um, and that was now remarkably 13 years ago. Yeah. 2007s. Oh my gosh, old, I know. Old, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't feel that way at the time. Um, and so, uh, so between that and then, I think my 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 personality has always sort of been um, that I I don't like to overreact to things. Like I'd rather be a little too late than a little too early mm-hmm. um, on a stance or a point or whatever. And uh, I think that kind of comes from just like you know you can only go to the well on like big major proclamations so many times before it loses its value. You know, like if a team is struggling, you know, in week four and you call for the coach to be fired or, you know, the quarterback to be changed or whatever, um, what do you do in week nine when things are the same or, you you know what I mean? Like you only get to play that card so, so many times. I don't know, uh, dude. Some people have made careers out of that. No, I, yeah. See, and that's and I was actually about to to bring that up and say that you know, if anything, that might be a a, a professional flaw of mine is that maybe I'm a little little too slow to uh, to to react to things. But I think I you know I prefer to err on that side. Okay. Um, but I will. So, but to answer your question, um, was there a transition? Um, and you know, uh, for terms of going from the Osceola and Seminoles.com. Uh, yeah, there definitely was. Um, and it was, I, I'll be honest with you, it was actually pretty tough, um, mm. for me because, so I wasn't just working, you know, I, I was doing the Osceola and, and by proxy also, uh, Knowles 24 seven because we were partnered up. Um, so I was doing a lot of stuff for the website and, uh, but I was also, you know, I was, I was doing what they call in the business double dipping. I don't think they would mind me telling this now. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was stringing for the Miami Herald, freelancing for the Miami Herald, giving them, uh, FSU content uh, pretty regularly throughout. And then a few others, you know, a lot of times you get like, you know, one offs for a game weekend, they'll want a story or a feature. And, and back then it was really big because, um, well, one, the team was in the middle of defending their national championship. And then two, uh, Jameis Winston, as you know, uh, was a pretty controversial figure. No. Um, yeah. Right. It's kind of (laughs) wild. So, you know, so that season, um, you know, so a few, Weeks before, I'm writing for the Miami Herald. I'm writing about Jameis being suspended for the Clemson game, and doing a as quick as I can feature on Sean McGuire because he's going to start that game, and you know, giving the context with Jameis and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he was a lightning rod. You know, people, you know, you couldn't get enough of him. Um, and then I remember it was weird. So I started at Seminoles.com in the middle of that season. So like, you know, I went to bed Thursday night working for the, and I woke up Friday morning working for Seminoles.com. And I remember, I don't remember the details of it, but the night before it was at Syracuse and, um, and, uh, the, some story like a Fox sports. We, we went out, we went out to dinner that night. Remember yeah, we, yeah, we had, yeah, we had an know. inebriated man almost getting a fight with us. That's right. A dinosaur hey, that's barbecue. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's what, that'll be a story for the next podcast, I think. <laughs> So anyway, so I'm working for Seminoles.com at that point. It's literally my first day, very first day on the job. And um, some story about Jameis came out. And I think in hindsight, it ended up being kind of a nothing burger, right? But but back right. then, everything felt like a huge deal. 
Sorry, there, were, there were like five stories that came out that night. It was the one about Jameis, sure. and it, it was crazy. There was like four or five things from national outlets that just like rained down that that evening. Yeah, all like nine o'clock on a Friday. And yeah, uh, remember when I said Friday nights before games were were weren't busy? I guess that's not true. But anyway, uh, sorry that all came down, and uh, and you were scrambling to to you know do whatever with it, and Ben had to go do. Uh, whatever he needed to do with it. And like everybody, you know, who was covering this beat had to react and stop everything they were doing on this Friday night to go react or contextualize the latest Jameis Winston stuff. And then there's little old me uh, sitting here at the, uh, at the restaurant being like, well, uh, I'm not doing anything with this. Enjoy, you know? Enjoying uh, some chicken wings. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do. Um, but, the, but, it, but it felt weird though, because your instincts for the past however many years um, were, were not that way. And then I remember it being a ch- tough the next day uh, at the game because they won the game. Um, but obviously, after the day before, um, the Jameis was still the story. So everybody was writing stories in the context of you know Jameis winning games, um, despite you know all the headlines and, and whatever else. Um, and so, but I I wasn't gonna wasn't doing that and wasn't gonna do that. And and, and for the record, um, and, and Josh just could speak to to your question earlier. Like nobody. At least I don't remember. Like nobody came to me and was like, "Don't write about Jameis or don't make Jameis a story or anything like that." But I just, I just didn't. Because how do you? How I didn't even know how to do it in that context. So um, I was lucky um, in that. I think I'm pretty sure that that was the game that Rashad Green broke the um, the school record for. I can't remember if it was career receiving yards or career receptions, but he he broke a pretty significant record that I think Ron Sellers had held. So I was able to kind of use that as a uh, as a launching off point. So uh, again, it's kind of what I um, you know like what I said earlier. It's like um, you know I might not focus on the same things, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna straight up lie either. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you know, and and I think there's a you know, there's an element of you know if you're a Florida State fan who had um, you know fatigue of of, of your quarterback being um, in the headlines all the time, uh, you know, and especially if you if you didn't think some of that was fair, then uh, then maybe we were able to give you. Uh, an outlet for a different angle on it as well. So, you know, in that, that instance, maybe it helped. Yeah. But it was, but it, but it was, but it was, but it was, but but it was hard because my, my instinct, you remember a day, two days before I was right. Traditional media. My instinct was, you know, to chase the, the big national story. And now all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I was, I wasn't doing that. And that was a, yeah, that was difficult. It took, um, it took a little while to, to, to adjust to that. I think I've gotten pretty good at it now. Um, but it took some practice for sure. That was going to be my next question is during that transition. Like, are there times now that when you see all this crazy stuff happening and let's say people writing, like think pieces on why Willie Taggart didn't work out or like, do you miss that aspect of it? Or you seem pretty confident and comfortable with, with it. I imagine there's a nice security to like, I don't have to go ahead and break news of a police report at you know, at 10 p.m. at night. Have you enjoyed that transition? Like at this point, uh, or are there are parts you that miss some of that newsy kind of you know the aspect that you did for so long. Yeah, no. Well, I would say I like it a lot more than I don't. Does that make any sense? But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but there are there are things that I miss. Um, you know, there are certainly some times um, at the end of uh, of the last couple seasons where I thought to myself, boy, you know, I would. I would have a heck of a column to write. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Um, But, uh, but that's okay. Um, So, yeah, so, so, you know, I think about it and you kick it over in my mind and, you know, you sort of chalk it up to, yeah, well, you know, maybe one day. And then that's sort of, uh, sort of the end of it, you know? 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, sometimes I miss that kind of stuff. Um, especially cause I, I used to, um, I used to write a lot of columns in the Osceola, like I had to. And, um, and, and, and I do, you know, here and there for Seminoles.com I will, but it's not a weekly thing, um, anymore. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I miss kind of painting with those brushes sometimes, but I, I still think that like, I wouldn't trade it back at this mm-hmm. point, if that makes any sense. It's like uh, it's like it's like missing high school. Like you do a little bit, but you wouldn't go back. Well, you wouldn't go and relive all four years of it. I mean, right right now is a perfect example. Like Josh just now got a phone call and had to write a a commitment story. Like while while doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, that's there's this level of I'm sure there's a difference. Like it, this allows you to live like a more quote unquote normal life. Like in terms of yeah. not having to always worry about like a shit storm hanging over your head constantly. Yeah, at least yeah, professionally. Yeah. I'm back. What I miss. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing big. Um, I, I will say, Brendan, the the one thing that I definitely don't miss, and and, and truthfully, uh, it hasn't been an issue uh, for anybody as much lately. But like, you know, chasing down like police reports, right. or legal, I mean, I I hated that stuff. I hated it even on the other side of it. Man, I I never when I wanted to get into this business, I never got into it to you know to break that kind of news or do that kind of stuff. That just never appealed to me at all. It's funny you mentioned that, Tim. Josh and I – and Josh, we could edit this out if you don't want to talk about it. But we were discussing like that aspect of journalism the other day. And Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, like wasn't thinking that was a huge part of it or something. That was basically well, like a lot of people could do that. So here's, here's my take on that. I, I was just saying that every beat – you're going to have roles for every beat, right? You're going to have the people that break the big news, the people that have the sources, and then it's going to trickle all the way down to the commentators. And then you're going to eventually get down to the people that, you know, run through the police records. And that's kind of like where they make their living is, is off of expired parking tickets and, and driving with an expired license. And yes, it does take some skill you got to know the proper channels. You got to be disciplined because you got to know ahead of time when to request this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, anybody can do that. I, and I don't know if I agree with with that aspect of it. Like, I mean, what do you mean? Anybody can do that. Not like anybody. anyone could be an account. Anyone could be an account. Back to them and, and give you info. I think it's. I think that is like, uh, it's an aspect of the job that's there if you want it. Like anybody can take that part of the job if they want it. But you don't have to do that to cover a team. Well, I'll, I'll say this uh, to maybe further your point, Josh. Um, anybody can call somebody and ask to be told something. I do think it takes skill to get to, yourself, to, get to a point where people call you to tell you stuff. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a skill. Of yes. course, you sided with Josh and not me, Tim. Of course. <laughs> well, no, I think uh, I think I'm siding with you as well. I think that's kind of the <laughs> of, of well, no, but I think that's kind of your overall point, right? I mean, is um, you know anybody can can make a phone call and get something that is you know if it's public information or if it's something that you know an agency has to release, right? That's one thing, but not just anybody can get information that you know the nature of the business that maybe they're not supposed to have, or at least before they're supposed to have it. But obviously that happens all the time. And I think the people who are good at that are obviously, they have a skill that maybe others don't. Right. And I think that was my point is that it's just a different skill set. But I would agree with Josh. I would agree with Josh. Like what he, like specifically what Josh does in terms of like getting someone to call him to let him know, Hey, there's you know commitment down the pipe or Hey, like this guy may be leaving or whatever. Like there's fewer percentage of people in our industry who can probably claim that versus, who are really good at aggregating or really good at, 
you know, getting right. a, a police report or something like that. But there's still value to it. It just, I, I don't know. I, I think it's not something that's super easy to do. And it's like an accountant, like Josh, you'd be saying like anyone could be an accountant because all you're doing is looking at numbers and, and plugging in stuff. Like it's a little bit more involved mm, in that. I think accounting <laughs> takes more of a skill. Yes. But okay, Brendan. Very good. I was, I was right. That's all I wanted to hear all along. You're right. <laughs> we should have just said that five minutes ago and moved on. Yeah, welcome to interacting with me. So, Tib, I, I have I want to request if you would share an anecdote with us. And this is one you've told me before. I think it's a super cool story. Oh, man. What, I have no idea what's you, coming. You have no idea where it's going. It's not. Don't be nervous. OK. Bobby Bowden, golf cart. Last time talking to him. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. OK. So. Um, so it was um, before the Gator Bowl. And uh, Bobby's last game, and it was a pretty cool thing to do. Um, the Florida State Sports Information staff at that time had set up interviews with every, pretty much everybody on the local beat, one on ones. You could go come to practice, sit in the golf cart with Bobby, and get like five or ten minutes or whatever. And um, and the truth is, man, like I I did not deserve to be in that group. You know what I mean? I was still in school. I was I was freelancing for the Sentinel, and I was starting to do some stuff for the Osceola, uh, in hopes, uh, that I could, could parlay that into a full-time job. I was getting ready to graduate and I was hoping to maybe parlay that into a full-time job after graduation. Um, you know, I did not deserve to be in the group that got a one-on-one with Bobby Bowden, but you know, shoot your shot, right? It's, uh, it's, it's Bobby Bowden and, uh, and it's a, you know, opportunity to do this and, and what's the worst that could happen. So I remember, um, uh, I went and, um, I talked to Ira Schofel was, uh, was running the Osceola at the time and I was freelancing for him. And I said, Hey, I was thinking maybe I could do something with Bowden. Um, do you think I could get that set up? And uh, he said, yeah, I don't know, but I'll ask. And, and so he did. And, and the, uh, the SID at the time was, uh, Tina Deschalse, who was a pretty cool person. And, and, you know, they agreed. So I, uh, I remember I go and I'm nervous and I walk up and, um, and, uh, Tina walks me over and says, you know, coach, you know, Tim's going to do something, whatever. And uh, and Bobby looks up and he goes, "This clown." <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was busting my chops, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we ended up. We sat down, and uh, and he and he, you know, he was Bobby. He was wonderful. Um, you know, he was he was he was a great uh, interview, and I and I think the piece turned out, you know, fine, and um, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, just sort of like the. Uh, like I was stunned. I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to do. And then he, he started laughing. It was just playing and, and that was fine. But it was like, you know, as a, as a young guy walking up to, uh, to Bobby Bowden, you know, a week or two before his last game. And, and, oh my gosh, that was like, uh, that was mortifying in a weird way. Do you remember what you asked him? Um, a few, a few, yeah, I do actually a few different things. So, um, I kind of had, so I try to take it from the perspective of, um, so I grew up in Tallahassee and, um, I think for a lot of us of a certain age, but I think especially people my age who were, you know, um, 10, 15 years old when, when Bobby was, when the, the dynasty era, you know, you, you sort of always thought of Bobby as like, almost like being like a part of your fame. Like he was like your grandfather, you know, like he was everybody's grandfather. And, you know, if you went to anything, like certainly any type of like church function or FCA or community gathering, anything like that, more often than not, Bobby was going to be there. And so, um, he, um, you sort of felt like living here and growing up here, 
and him being so accessible to the public, which he always was crazily, um, you know, I think you, you sort of felt like he was yours in a way that maybe other people didn't feel, or at least in your mind, didn't necessarily deserve to feel. So, um, so I asked him about, you know, if he'd ever thought about that kind of stuff and, you know, his relationship with the town and, and that sort of thing. Tim, what do you, uh, what do you think your favorite piece that you ever wrote was? Whether oh. it was the most entertaining, whether <laughs> it was the most impactful, like what's mm. the, what's your favorite article you've written or favorite That's project a, you've worked on? Man, I wish I had known that. I could have thought about it. Um, let's see, you know, what immediately comes to mind actually, um, and I don't know. This is I don't know if, if you gave me another fifteen minutes, I might change my mind. But what immediately I think of is um, I went to cover um, actually the uh, the women's college world series when mm-hmm. Florida State won the uh, the national championship a couple years ago, and um, and I had such a great time doing that, and I was really happy. Um, I felt like with my work that came out of that. Now, granted, I'd probably go read it today, or, or and, you know cringe and you know, please please don't just rush and go pull it all up but like right. you know i remember that night like the for the first game you know there was the huge play where the, where the they tried washington tried to bunt and jesse Warren, the florida state player made that diving catch that you know was all over the sbs and all that kind of stuff so um you know, you know the the access is so good that like you know I, you got to talk to her about the play and all that kind of stuff and i thought we did you know really cool cool work from that and then the next night obviously uh, when they won the national championship and you, know, you do the whole, um, the whole thing with the, uh, um, you know, the celebration and, and all that kind of stuff. But then afterward, um, I was able to get, you know, Lonnie Alameda, the, the softball coach, um, you know, by ourselves for like 30 minutes after winning a national championship. Wow. It's like, where, where can you ever do that? You know what I mean? It just doesn't, right. doesn't really, doesn't really happen. Um, what are some other good ones? Oh, you know which one I was thinking of the other day. This this will this will tie it all together. Uh, was when um, at the national championship game, uh, the the Auburn game. Uh, after, after that night, I wrote a column just kind of describing what the scene was like. Not really the game itself, but I started with um, Chris and I, uh, Chris Knee and I uh, missing the Kermit's kickoff return for a touchdown mm. because uh, yeah, Chris we were, told that story. Yeah, we were on the we were on the escalator. And, uh, I mean, you know, like it's easy to say now, but like, dude, imagine like, you know, we had flown 3000 miles or whatever it was to cover this championship game. Yeah. And at first it's looking like, you know, they're going to get blown out. You're like, well, this is stupid. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you miss the play and you get on the field and you think that Florida, you know, see Florida state's winning. And at that point you're thinking like, that's that, in that specific moment, I'm thinking that's the play that won the national championship, right? Like they're going to get a stop on defense and this thing's going to be a wrap. So congratulations, you know, you came all the way out here to cover this game and you, you know, you didn't see the most important thing. So that was a pretty miserable feeling. Um, and, you know, fortunately it ended up not being that way. And so I, I wrote a column for, uh, it's probably still on the site somewhere on 24 seven somewhere. Um, just kind of detailing that whole scene and then what it was like on the field and the locker room and all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, I, I remember that one being pretty fun uh, as well. And, and trying to show, you know, trying to maybe show people some stuff that they couldn't see on TV. Tim, what, what, Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it a pain in the ass for you to either get out there or get oh, back? Oh gosh, yeah, dude, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, you're getting really kind of inside baseball, but like my my boss, it, didn't it's want a to it's spend. a podcast and it's a quarantine. This is yeah, that's we, true. We, we got time. In a long story short, my boss didn't want to spend the money to send me out there, and you know, budgets are what they are. But it's like you know, had I known that 
we were didn't going to have the cash to, to or go, we were going up against the cash to go there, I would have said, well, man, maybe we could skip the Wake Forest game and you know some of these other ones and keep that in the, in the back pocket. And so, um, long story short, you know, he's like, you can go, but you have to put together like a championship magazine and you need to sell ads for it. And like, dude, I never sold ads in my life, and like, mm. I'm not. You know, some people are really, really good at that, and I am not one of those people. I certainly wasn't back then. Um, but then, um, yeah, it was like uh, I, I ended up doing it. Like I, I, you know, some local businesses and some people helped me out, and I think I think a few people kind of took pity on me to you know <laughs> to make it work. And so I remember calling um, my boss at the time, being like, "Hey, you know, I, I I did what you told me to do." And then he's like, "Ah, you know, I still I don't know about that. like he obviously had you know it never occurred to him that I would actually." do this it's like when you tell your kid you know if they get straight a's you'll get them an xbox or whatever like you don't think they're actually going to do it and then they do and now you don't know what to to do so um yeah it ended up being like a huge ordeal and uh i was exhausted the whole time i don't think i ever got ever (laughs) being jet lag um and then uh and then yeah and then i had to go to print print on uh i'll tell you this i remember um so the deal was and this shows you how kind of ridiculous the whole situation was so that if they won I was going to have to produce this magazine with these ads and go to print in a pretty short amount of time. And it was going to be a lot of work. And if they lost, we were just going to kind of punt the whole thing and and count it as a loss. Right. And so I remember, and this is before I was, I was still working at the Osceola. And I remember being on the field when Kelvin caught the ball. And I mean, obviously it was really cool and amazing and and neat and all that. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> so, uh, that, 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 that thought came into my mind pretty quickly. Um, but it did get done and, uh, and it's actually, there's still a few of them around. Um, I think you can buy some on eBay if you want, but if you, uh, if you caught me or, or DM me, if you're listening and you want one, I can probably hook you up. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, it was just, um, it was a huge ordeal and an awful lot of work and not a lot of sleep, but, uh, but I'm not asking anybody uh, to feel sorry for me because it, it was a lot of fun and a pretty cool experience, and, and I'm fortunate that I was able to do it. I do remember you putting the the magazine together for like weeks afterwards because we tried to go out for lunch. You're like, no, I can't. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. putting this together. Yeah, that was a weird deal uh, with my time there. Is I, I I mean probably like you know I fashioned myself as a as a writer, but man, seriously, probably sixty or seventy percent of my time was spent in Adobe InDesign laying out pages. <laughs> so. Hey the. The positive, the positive thing of all that is the bacon bar at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the bacon <laughs> and the uh, the bacon and the donuts. Hard to beat yeah. that. I mi- I missed those. I didn't get back in time. It was like all gone. Like, yeah, it was, it was bacon crumbs. I I I got like the like the last donut because you remember mm-hmm. like I tweeted about this the other day when ESPNU was showing the the championship game that um like it took forever. Like we were in the the hotel was in Newport Beach, California. And the game was in Pasadena, California. And I think like if you if you were to if if Newport Beach were Tallahassee, where in Georgia would Pasadena be? I I, I gotta think it's like Macon or something, man. It's crazy how far away they were. <laughs> Not that far, but it'd be like Thomasville if you had to go through a bunch of mountains Tifton, to get there. Tifton? Tifton like, maybe. Like, Time wise. Like Tallahassee Tifton, but like with like bumper to bumper traffic the whole way. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was crazy, but well, more or less once in a lifetime, and we got to go back the next year, but obviously not quite the the same magic. Uh, That's funny how that happens, right? I remember telling myself the second year going back, I was like, okay, this isn't happening again. Like, enjoy this because this is not not happening for a long time, maybe. And yeah. been no. been correct. 
Josh, do you think it's time for the reveal? Are we, the, are big, we the big reveal. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to lead this, or should I? No, I might just log off right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So everyone's favorite intro song, "Early Times in Cheerwine" by local ska band, The Shower Beers. Tim Linnefelt, founder of the band, would you say? You're not the lead man, but no, uh, you're no, playing, actually, you're playing I guitar. Oh. I play guitar. I play bass and I played guitar and I did some background vocals as well, actually. Um, but believe it or not, no, um, they, well, I played the first show, so that probably counts. But uh, the group of people who were sort of like the core had been practicing together for a few months, or at least a few weeks before I came on. So I wasn't like the first of the first. I but mean, I if you played pretty, the first show, I feel like you're, I feel like. Yeah, you're, you're, you're probably right. Probably right. No, you don't under, yeah. Hey, don't don't sell yourself short on this one. Uh, you know. What was the what was the inspiration behind uh, behind creating the shower beers and and maybe take people behind the the scenes on on early times in, in sheer wine? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I mean, the inspiration was like I said uh, earlier um, that I just um, I grew up really loving ska and and punk rock and you know like um, like some of my mighty Boston's and less than Jake and Rancid. Hopefully there's some people listening who have heard of these people. I imagine there probably are. And, you know, you really like that. And so growing up, you know, you play guitar and, and whatever, it's easy to find a guitar player and it's easy to find it, easy enough to find a bassist. And it's actually can be pretty challenging to find a drummer, but it can be done, but it's really, really hard, at least in a city like Tallahassee to find uh, horn players, which are a big, huge aspect of the, uh, of the, the experience. Um, and then a lot of horn players, uh, you know, I think they kind of maybe look down on ska sometimes, you know, like if you're really good at the saxophone or trombone, you, you know, you want to play like jazz or I don't know, classical type stuff, whatever. But like, it's, it's not, it's not really a high art form of music, I don't think. Um, but, uh, but my buddy Andrew, um, he, uh, he was, um, uh, he found, he was, I don't know, he was in grad school or whatever and found a couple people. Uh, a trumpet player and a saxophone player who were into this type of music. Uh, I think both of them, one was, one was definitely uh, a marching chief. And I think the other one was too. Um, Kyle, if you weren't or were, I, I apologize for not remembering, but Megan, uh, Megan <laughs> McCaskill, I know for sure she's a, a, a proud marching chiefs alum. And so they got together and started doing some stuff and realizing that, you know, Hey, this could be a thing. And then um, Andrew had been a friend of mine said, Hey, you know, why don't you come check this out and see if you can fill some things, uh, you know, either with a guitar or bass. And so we did that and, uh, kept on practicing. And then at one point, um, you know, realized that maybe we could play a show and, um, and yeah, so, uh, I remember, okay, so here's one for you. Um, our first show was in, it was like the Friday night before the election, the 2012 election. And, um, Bill Clinton was in town, <laughs> No, I'm not joking. Uh, Bill Clinton was in town to, I uh, think he used it, FAMU, to give a speech. And he was basically campaigning for Barack Obama's re-election. It was right before, and, you know, Florida's a big swing state and all that. And our drummer was like, dude, I want to go see Bill Clinton. And the rest of us was like, dude, we got a show. It's our first show. He's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go see Bill Clinton. I'm like, well, man, like, it's our first show. We got to have a drummer, you know. And uh, I remember being like a huge um like source of tension and yeah, uh, and, so. yeah right <laughs> and and the, and the thing about it is it worked out because um 
like a lot of local shows, um, especially when you're a new band, you, you know, you don't play. So like in a real show, like a, like a touring show, you know, you have the openers and then the headliner will play last, but in a local show where nobody really knows any of the bands, the quote unquote biggest band will go like maybe second or third because by the time you get to the headliner spot, it's like 11 o'clock and nobody's watching. So that was the spot that we got. So thankfully, uh, Bill was done uh, long before 10:30 or 11 or whenever it was that we went on, uh, and it worked out. But it was uh, it was tense, man. It was it was. And, and then early times in I like you just call him Bill, like first name basis. So early times in Sheer One was a uh, basically just a song about about Andrew getting drunk. It's on exactly, accent, right? it is pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of hidden meaning there, and if you listen closely to the lyrics. Uh, no, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, he had. Uh, it's a true story, I think, that he was at a party or some something, and uh, somebody told him that a uh, a great uh, cheap uh, way to uh, to get wherever he wanted to go was uh, uh, cheer wine. You're from, you're, you, you guys are familiar with cheer wine, yeah? Yes, yeah, we're from the south. I mean, it's North yeah. Carolina-ish, but yes, yeah, which is uh, which is really tasty stuff. I like it, and um, and then uh, mix that with cheer, uh, early times whiskey. Which, uh, if you've ever been to a liquor store, um, uh, early times, you got to look down on the shelf <laughs> to find it. It's uh, it's at the bottom, and you can uh, you can get an awful lot of it for uh, a little bit of money. And so when you uh, you mix those things together, who knows what can happen? But, uh, but yeah, that was the uh, that was the basis of uh, of that song. Have you enjoyed the second life that the the song has has gotten since uh, becoming associated with the on the bench podcast? I I do especially I really I really enjoy uh, all the people who hate it. It's oh, funny. can I? All right, I got since you say that I got positive and negative reviews real quick when you go through. You ready for it? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right, this is Nolio on iTunes. It says great content, crappy music. Seriously, the music is horrible. I'm not sure what is wrong <laughs> with Sinone. Perhaps his eardrums were da- damaged as a child, but it needs to be remedied. Yeah. Okay. He also has it. This song makes me want to pour acid in my ears. Mm, well, I don't do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Man- Mantel 1150. Five stars. Love the show and the intro music. See, All there right. you go. So someone Maybe. likes it. P. Yeah. Scott 690 says opening music dot dot dot. Please change it. I mean, here's the thing. Are you getting more? Yeah, a few more. A few more. Co- Coach Trench Mob says uh, check out on the bench podcast. Peace and known. Had to have picked. This ho ass intro music. <laughs> Trey, Trey, Trey Rowland of uh, of the Rollcast says if rival coaches are playing on the bench to negatively recruit, the real reason the kids aren't coming out of Florida State is the theme song. Oh, come on. I don't I know. <laughs> come on, Trey. Elijah Trombone says it's the skitty it's the shitty ska I would expect from someone who grew up in central Florida. His name's Trombone. How can he not like ska music? I mean. Didn't you say there were some positive reviews? Oh, here we go. Slow down. Okay, okay, okay. I, I wasn't a fan at first, but every time I hit play on On the Bench, that early times in Cheerwine hits me like, and he has a picture of a of a chap, chubby kid laughing. So All right. See, there you uh, go. It's, look, no, look it's, it's meant to be fun here. You know, we're not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. No, 804 says, as the music was playing, I was thinking, oh, this one's negative. Sorry, Tim. I'll skip that one. One more positive I don't care. One. I don't care. I don't care. Conals two zero one one says intro music is perfect for the show. Every time I press the play icon, those symbols get me going like Pavlov's dog. There it is. There it is. All right. So so ska music is polarizing. I think is the uh, I mean, takeaway. You know, it's it's not going to be for everybody. That's okay. Um, here, you know, here's here's what I'll say. So let's say you were to change it, and I think at this point, you know, I. I certainly couldn't begrudge you if you decided to do a different song. But like, what are you gonna do? You gonna do like the war chant or something? Like, you know, I mean, that's everyone every, does. Every, that. 
every FSC podcast does that. So then it's like, I don't know, you want to do like a weird like Sports Center ripoff or like Enter Sandman or something. Like, I think you got something. This is this is yours. This is you know, people recognize you for it. I think it uniquely fits the show. Josh has kind of come around to it, at least kind of, I think, sees the, you know, that looks like no. You at least see the, the uniqueness to it. I see the 30-second skip button. Well, I do <laughs> that on a lot of podcasts, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah, I, I know. I, I still respect the song and skip it at the same time. Sure, sure, sure. I think we should end this podcast by all singing it. You ready? Uh... I don't know that I want to do that. I wasn't a singer. Inch you one, early time. One, two, three, four. Tim, thank you for coming on the bench. We appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll do it anytime. Thanks, Tim, for all your contributions to Hunt. Appreciate it, fellas.